This is Tatooine Sons, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to listen to the galaxy's greatest Star Wars podcasts, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Sabers Podcast, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyhoppers Podcast, The Nerd Room, San Diego Sabers Radio Podcast, and Less Than 12 Parsecs Podcast. Visit StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first step into a larger world. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to episode 42 of Tatooine Sons. It's been a few weeks since our last episode, as the Bowtie Jedi Guy and I have spent the past two weekends in Israel. But today, we're back, and we couldn't have picked a better time. Star Wars Resistance is out, and this episode is all about it. Who are our favorite characters, what were our first impressions, and what do we hope will happen next? Can you imagine what it's like to be an ace pilot? It's time for Tatooine Sons. The Force is strong in my family. I am your father. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Welcome, Star Wars fans. This is Tatooine Sons, your weekly look into all things Star Wars. From the unique perspective of a father sharing his love for the amazing space fantasy saga with his two sons. I am BB Nate, and I'm joined first by my brother, Samuel the Hutt. I choose to Star Wars fans, thanks for tuning in. And if you're not a Star Wars fan, then you're missing out on a, a, a pretty decent animated series. Yeah, it wasn't so bad. What do yeah. you guys think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. More lighthearted than the other ones. Yeah. yeah we'll keep going. I guess we... And of course, you can have Star Wars without bizarre father figures. That's what happens so when you decide note, to go live on the spot, huh? Right. Yeah. Here's my dad, the Bowtie Jedi guy. What's up, guys? It's good to have you guys on the same table, like sitting at the same right? chairs. Yes. At the, like, I can look at you. We can interact with each other. I don't have to. You can hear the audio for the clips. I can hear the audio. For, what, are you, what are you doing? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to move it closer to Nate. No, he's fine. Press me. I got it. I'm, I'm looking at it. All right. See? So anyway. <laughs> uh, now, and I can fiddle with the mic and stuff in person. Yeah, so how's it been going, <laughs> gentlemen? Been going pretty good. Oh, it's been crazy. I'm tired. Yeah, talk about what's been going on in your life since you got... Now, we've all, we're all under the same roof. We talked about that. We're finally back home. All of us in California. All four of us have been together for a few days now. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam... Uh, is learning the joys of being a senior in high school and having a full-time school load and basically, what, 30 hours, almost 25, 30 hours a week? Yeah, maybe closer to 25 hours a week. Of work uh, going on. So why don't, yeah. you, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so I work at Chick-fil-A, um, which it's probably like the best work environment ever. It's just, it's hard work, you know, because um, they're always busy. So I'm trying to balance working and school, but fortunately I'm homeschooled, so it's easier and I can fit it around. Um, but that's not as why as much as why I I'm tired. Um, I think I'm tired because Nathan and I decided to do a lock-in with our youth group on Friday night. Now, if you're not familiar with what a lock-in is, basically you take 30 teenagers um, and lock them in a church overnight 
and let them have at it, pretty much. With adult supervision, of course. We should but do a supervision. With adult, <laughs> adult supervision, because we're not barbaric. But, um, so we had a great time. We played a bunch of games, did lip sync battles, obviously. Poker? We, we, hmm? you poker, poker. Poker was fun. Not with actual money, because we were at church. <laughs> um, and got no sleep at all. So we had to... I mean, I slept last night, but I'm still exhausted. What about you, Nate? Mm, what about you? I'm okay. I mean, I like sleep, and I would like some more. But... <laughs> I like sleep. And you didn't get much of that in Israel, did you? I did not, no. Yeah, explain our, our situation. It was an awesome opportunity. We got to do some amazing things, sing some amazing things, stay with some amazing people, serve People in the land uh, by doing service projects like cleaning up trash around the Sea of Galilee, picking fruit in an orchard, which was that awesome. Work? Or- it was no, it was like we were literally doing it. That was they were we were picking clementines, uh-huh. uh, which are kind of like oranges, sort of, but but they're green in Israel. They're not orange at all. And we ate each ate one, yeah, right that we picked. And they were as green as could be. You would think that they weren't right, but they were. And people were going to be using those for food within the next couple of days. The the poor in the community. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. But the sleeping arrangements may not have been ideal. So why don't you explain that? Um, They kind of misinterpreted. They had a a few bunk beds that were for people that weren't like a couple or married or anything like that. And we were expecting to sleep on them, but they thought that there was going to be a couple staying. So they set up a room that had a single um, queen bed but the couple backed out and apparently they didn't notice it and so they kept it so dad and I slept in there but they had a spare mattress so I slept on the mattress on the floor and dad slept on the bed and it was the hottest room in the house yeah so we were like hot all night every night and we weren't really sleeping because there was a there was a group of us that would go out each evening and do stuff in Jerusalem and in the land there that Others didn't get to do, so we had a lot of fun doing that. But uh, we were getting back at the house by 11, 30, 12 o'clock, getting up at 6, Ouch. and getting back out there and, and uh, not sleeping great at night. Uh, but we had People th- waking up at 3 to get showers. Yeah, because there was 14 people for two showers. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, it was awesome, though. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. So, um, And um, I will mention that... Um, Without getting into any details, those of you that are Patreon supporters, thank you for being um, an amazing source of of financial blessing to our Mm. family. And if there's anyone else that wants to join us in this, it'd be a good time uh, (laughs) to help us out. So um, we'll talk about that in the future on this podcast, I'm sure, down the road. Uh, Let's just say that we've got some changes going on in our lives right now. And any financial support that you want to throw our way, if you love family-friendly podcasts, we would be more than happy to gratefully accept. So uh, thank you for that. Um, We did have a review come in uh, while we were out. Um, and it's one of those cheap plug ones. They actually put it in the review. Remember we talked about if you give us a five-star review, we'll read it word for word like Talk Star Wars does. Um, and um, we, we would plug anything that they wanted as long that's as it was true. clean. That's true. And they actually listed in there, this is cheap plug time. Uh, so we're going to go. they were ahead. honest about it, you know? They were. Uh, so it's a what a show, five stars. I'm right. hoping that it's what a show, five stars, because that's actually the way they feel about our show. I think it is. It sounds like it from the rest of this. As a teacher who uses Star Wars in the classroom. Hey. hey, I'm already liking this. I want to go to your class. I know. It is a joy for me to see kids passionate 
and intellectual with regards to the saga. So that makes me wonder if they're actually listening to our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. No. But notice how he said intellectual with the saga. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Not, not elsewhere. As a podcaster and writer, parentheses, cheap plug time, clashing at Clashing Sabers uh, and ClashingSabers.net on tw- – um, well, it says at ClashingSabers.net and then or at ClashingSabers on the Twitter. On the Twitter. The Twitter. On the Twitter. Uh, the Twitter. Uh, I think it's ClashingSabers.net or at ClashingSabers on the Twitter. I appreciate all the work that goes into creating such quality content. Fine job, gentlemen. Thank you. At least he wasn't like two of them. No, it was actually really good. So I I know Clashing Sabers. They're awesome. So um, this is my opportunity to plug them. You guys are great. If you're listening to our podcast, you don't listen to Clash. You don't listen to Clashing Sabers. Um, you're missing out on some amazing uh, Star Wars conversation and podcasting. So please take time uh, to listen to Clashing Sabers. So uh, no poll this week because it's been a couple weeks and Twitter's changed their rules and they don't like archive things internally any longer. So I can't find the poll from three Sundays ago. You should for, from now on take a screenshot of the poll. Oh, well, you you got to wait till it be, yeah. it's finished. And we were on the way to Israel when are. it finished and I wasn't really concerned with the yeah, Twitter poll. Yeah. So anyway, That's um, no podcast poll of the week. So I guess um, we'll move right in, into the next segment. Uh, there's an international conspiracy against Star Wars. And it starts in the Kremlin. Oh, yeah. A new Star Wars novel has been announced that promises to help you learn your ABCs. Mm-hmm. What? And Wicket W. Warwick might have a taste for human flesh. He stepped on my tail. It's time for hot takes. This is where the fun begins. Well, you want the bad news or the really bad news? Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. All right, so our first topic, guys, for hot takes. Uh, if you don't, if you didn't like um, the Last Jedi, you're probably a communist. <laughs> uh, it's it's been verified, like psych, like mathematically, they've they've come out with it. More than half of all the hostile responses to the Last Jedi episode eight of the Star Wars saga were politically motivated trolling or the result of non-human bot activity. <laughs> According to an academic paper published by Wait. a U.S. digital media expert, maybe they did the whole remake the Last Jedi thing. That was set up by bots, and they got the funding for some, the emails. some Russian thing. It's they got the emails for Russian hacking purposes, and they and and the FBI's invest. No, that's that's yeah. a different Russian. Because Trump was like, "Oh man, I hated the Last Jedi," so he puts in his personal email. No, I don't like, think Trump got did. it. Trump didn't hate the Last Jedi. Did he say he hated? He didn't say either way. He's probably not worried about... I mean, I don't really pay any attention to what President Trump says about anything. He's probably not so concerned with that. Um, Yeah, I'm not not so concerned with what he thinks about Star Wars. But anyway... Nor am I. um, But yeah, so what do you guys think about that? Do you think that that's the reality behind it? That this all this craziness over the last... Whatever it's been, 10, 11 months? magnified by it. I mean, we've always said that there's not a whole lot of people who hate The Last Jedi. They're just way too vocal. Um, and I think that just gave them a, a megaphone and put it right in front of them. Um, th- but they didn't specify what platform was that was on. Was that on all platforms like Twitter? It said social or? media, so I'm assuming. So it's it probably has- like Twitter and Facebook and things like that, where you can just where it's just text and stuff. Um, I don't understand why that would benefit Russia. Yeah, I don't know either. I just yeah. think it's funny that. 
But it wouldn't surprise me either. Somebody spent money on an academic paper of trying to study and find that out. But yeah, anyway, whatever, man. what do you think about this idea, BB Nate? You um, didn't get your hot take yet. <laughs> I find it a little bit weird. Why Russia? Like, why not any other country in the world? Or why not why, America? Well, maybe, the, maybe Russia is like Earth's version of, of the, the First Order. And, like, they're against it because... Yeah. No, they're going to be the first order of the Space Force. And they're trying to sabotage the Space Force. Ooh, good point. Because so the Space Force is, like, the resistance. Jedi, yeah. And they're thinking that the last Jedi is going to factor into their plan too much. Yeah, oh, good so, point. I see and going. so they've been... A lot of things have happened with... So fans. Star Wars is just um, propaganda to get people to join space the Space Force. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you want to become an, like an engineer for Space Force, well, don't you? Well, say? no, I just want to be an aerospace engineer. Basically, oh. I want to try. I want to design the stuff that keeps people alive in the harshest environment we know. I think that's cool. Awesome. All right, <laughs> let's move to the next one. All right, the next big Star Wars <laughs> book. On. Yeah, from New York Comic Con, actually. Oh. Uh, the next big Star Wars book will follow a squadron of rebel pilots hunting down the Empire uh, during the uh, Star Wars publishing panel earlier to this weekend at New York Comic Con. Uh, Random House Books announced that Alexander Freed will be writing a new novel called Alphabet Squadron, which will focus on rebel pilots hunting down Imperials. Right. To, to longtime Star Wars readers, it sounds very much like the Expanded Universe's X-Wing series, which was very popular hmm. in the Expanded Universe. That's a lot of Wedge. There's like the Wedge was a game. big part of that, so... Yeah. Freed, Freed isn't a stranger to the Star Wars franchise. He wrote Battlefront, Twilight Company, and the novelization of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which people, I have not, but I do know that people have um, um, applauded the novelization of Rogue One, so I feel like that's positive. As well as a handful of other short stories for Star Wars, Star Wars Insider Magazine, and several comics. There isn't much more known about... Uh, beyond Random House's brief description, aside from the fact that it's set after Return of the Jedi, hmm. um, and tempor- a temporary cover shows off the classic starfighters that seem to inform the title, because again, it's Alphabet Squadron. So you have a B-Wing, a U-Wing, an X-Wing, a Y-Wing, and an A-Wing. Makes sense. So the book will be out sometime in 2019. BB Nate, what do you think about this idea of the Alphabet Squadron? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, like you said, there only has a brief, brief description. It doesn't give us much. Um, I would like to see a little bit more, see if it's, what it's going to be like, if it's actually going to mm. go teach us the ABCs. Yeah, like... No, I mean, that was me that making was that. that was, but I actually thought it was like a children's book. I mean, they, they had those sort of books. They you know, did have like, Star Wars for dummies. A is for A-Wing, <laughs> B is for B-Wing, Y is for Yoda, you know, stuff like no, that. No, Y is for Y-Wing. Well, you know, that's too why? confusing. It's that, why they call it the alphabet sweater. W is for Wookiee. Yeah, there you go. E Z Ewok. is for something. P hold on, hold on, hold on. And T is for Turbis. <laughs> Yes, what if they actually did that and we just don't know? Because we Boy, that'd be the best books. thing ever, wouldn't it? That would also kind of suck because we don't need that. Um, what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I, from the description, it seems pretty generic. Um, I guess it's it's like a um, just a group of rebels who are tasked with. I mean, I don't. I mean, it sounds pretty pretty basic. I guess they're. I the word escapes me, but they're like. I don't. I don't know. I don't know the word. Not bounty hunters, but 
I mean, I guess mercenaries, mercenaries, sort of. Yeah. No, I think that they work for the New Republic. No. Here's what I'm envisioning with this. So you've got at the end of the aftermath trilogy by Chuck Wendig, you've got the and then the aftermath trilogy. For those of you that are not familiar with it, um, I'm really not spoiling anything from you. If you watched anything with the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi, there's not much here that you're not going to be familiar with. But you've got this period of time from the Battle of Endor to the Battle of Jakku. That's what the aftermath trilogy is. During that time. Your main protagonists, your main plot line of the Aftermath series has to do with Wedge Antilles mm-hmm. um, and um, Snaps Wexley, who mm-hmm. we see in, um, he's in Black Squadron in um, the, the Force Awakens. He's been sent on a mission with Black Squadron away from the Resistance in The Last Jedi and J.J. Abrams said he's been brought back. So you've got Wedge teaching Snaps how to fly an Mm X-Wing and all this. I get the feeling that this Alphabet Squadron takes place after Jakku. Okay. And they're hunting down the last bit of these uh, Imperial uh, fighters and Snaps and Wedge and you get some of these plot lines. You probably have Poe get brought into it Mm -hmm. or his family brought into it. I think you've got that going on. Would you guys be okay with that idea? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I may not read it particularly but I think it'd be a good idea I'm really excited for the couple of the other comics that they announced what are those we're, we're, um, let's go they, ahead we're gonna we're gonna freeform it we're going yeah. we're live anyway so go for so, it so like they released like they're gonna put into the series of Darth Vader um something called Shadow of Vader don't oh. really know what it's about but I've heard it's going to be like a two part in it and it's going to be it's, it's supposed to be really important and really good so I'm probably gonna hmm. read those and then Tales from Vader's Castle with Hera and Kanan. I'm excited to hear that. Apparently it's supposed to be like a, kind of like a scary... Not that sounds cool. It's just Halloween. the fact that Hera and Kanan are going into Vader's Castle is it's cool. intense. Yeah. yeah. Well, and this is obviously... Well, no, this may... No, yeah, no. This is obviously while Vader's still alive. So yeah. he yeah. could come back at any point. Exactly. I'm tired, so my timelines are all screwed up. <laughs> and we haven't talked Star Wars for a few weeks. So. Yeah. What do you think? Why don't we just keep going down this path for a second? Because they announced uh, a Lego set. Yeah, I was just talking with my friends about this. They're doing a lot of stuff about Vader's castle. First, I mean, we its first appearance was in Rogue One, and we were all like, "Wait, Vader's castle on Mustafar?" It had been a legend. It It had been talked about in in Ralph McQuarrie art and such Mm. for for years, but then we finally saw it on uh, Mustafar in Rogue One, and it was awesome. I loved it. Um, then they announced the comic series, you know, Tales from Vader's Castle. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's sort of their Halloween thing. They're sc- telling scary stories about Vader while they're walking around his, his scary castle. I, th- I mean, it's a cool idea. It reminds me a lot of Legends of Luke Skywalker. It, I hope it's like that, where they just tell Oh, them, that would be cool. Like, like a legends, comic book series. But a like scary that. version of Vader, yeah. Um, I, I, I've got a lot of time. I might start reading some more Star Wars books. <laughs> Meanwhile, by, if you're if you're able to uh, support us financially on Patreon, um, it's at t- Patreon.com/slash/TattooingSons. Okay, go ahead. Um, and then they announced this, which I really wish I could participate in. This new Vader Immortal series. Okay. It's like a three episode VR series of Vader. Yeah, I, I haven't even seen the trailer. We were in I Israel, and I haven't. But we need to watch the trailer but of that. It's but I don't understand the premise. I like how do, is it like you have to have a special VR machine? So it's basically how they're promoting Oculus, uh, Oculus's new rig. They're okay. releasing a new system, I think, sometime in 2019. And how much do those cost? This, this new one's going to cost about 400 bucks. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and I think you have to have a, P, a good PC to run it, too. Although it may be like its own freestanding system. I'm okay. not sure. Anyway. So um, anyway, what's this Vader's thing? So it's basically like a three-part 
movie or like episode series. I think I've only read a brief amount, um, but it's about Vader's castle and it's some story going on there and it's to release their new uh, system. It's like, um, it's not as in depth, but it's kind of like shadows. Yeah. Of the Empire Secrets of the Empire. Sort of like that. Secrets of the Empire. But but not interactive, I don't think. I think you just watch and participate. Um, You can turn around and... Yeah, and see what's going on. And that's not uncommon. There's plenty of things that have done that before, like VR series or whatever. It may be like a first person, like you're like a rebel and you go... That would... Maybe. Um, That'd be awesome. <laughs> but, you know, that's in, in Vader's Castle. Then Lego announces a new Vader's Castle set, which I need. Um, so if you want to um, support us on Patreon... Not the same. No, not, not the, same. the same. Not the same. We have okay. a job. Yeah, Wait, that's true. never mind. So, keep going. Um... And then, yeah, so there's all this stuff recent, like rapidly coming out about Vader's castle. So we all, all logically assume that something's about to go down with Vader's castle. What? We're not sure, but something huge is about to happen because they're doing all this stuff about that location. Um, I think that you threw around the idea, Dad, that it maybe it'll be Kylo's new lair in episode Well, nine. I mean, and then didn't, did you say something about the Lego set? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, okay. I said I that, it was, was the whole Patreon joke, so I could oh, get okay. it. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right, that's right. You have a short-term memory loss here, Dad? I'm tired. Like Dory. Yeah, tired. Um, Hi, yeah. welcome back, guys. It's so good to, oh, wait, never. <laughs> yeah, no, but, seriously. So I do, I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that they're setting this up. There's so much talk about mm-hmm. Vader's, Vader's castle on Mustafar that I think that we're going to see that this is where Kylo Ren is setting up like the, his throne. Oh, and the whole story about the one, the new Sith who is canonized, who designed Vader's castle. Okay. Yeah. I think that they're I mean, setting it up for nine. All that stuff. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's crazy. All right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, next, next topic, uh, for the hot takes. So, uh, Star Wars fan theory on Reddit, which, you know, you can always find good. You can always on. trust Reddit. Uh, Reddit as well. I mean, Reddit's like Mike Zero's source. Right? Star Wars fan theory explains the gruesome reason the Ewoks had a dress for Leia. Wait, this is legit? They like put a theory out. Oh. So it's a basic idea is this. The Ewoks eat people. We know this. The Stormtroopers. We we know that they've eaten people. Um, The Ewoks had a dress uh, for a woman the exact size of Princess Leia. Yeah. Remember, because that's like been a big plot hole for 30 years. How the heck did they make How did they dress? have all of a sudden she shows up and, you know, or Han and... You know, and she couldn't have just made her dress herself? No, she didn't. I don't think uh, she's She's all of a sudden, she has, I mean, it's been like an hour and she shows up, they show up with, in, in the net with Chewie and Luke and Han and... 3PO and, and R2. Or, yeah, that's right. 3PO's in it too. And all of a sudden, Leia walks out in this fancy new forest dress. dress and... She didn't have that with her. Uh-uh. I, don't I think mean, so. her hair looked nice and all. It was all long and let down and stuff. Yeah. But anyway. Um, <laughs> the Ewoks. So then the theory is if the Ewoks eat people and they have a dress the, uh, that fits Leia exactly already, then it's probably likely that they ate a woman that was the exact same size as Leia. At some point. At some point in the past. That's... Jumping the shark there. That no, I don't think it's jumping the shark. I, I think, think it's actually it like a, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. I mean, it's it's one of those types of things. Mm-hmm. I think you meant to say if A plus B equals C, then A plus B equals No, I said it right. So anyway, let's go. So what do you guys think? Do you think that the Ewoks ate a lady? Do you think that they ate some woman and that's where they got the dress? I that know. makes sense to me. Unless I got a bad got feeling about this. Ewok tailors that are you know good at quickly making a dress for some random lady they've never it Could be like Ewok met. elves. Yeah, you know, fairies or something. Yeah, I don't remember seeing those. 
What do you think about this BB Nate? Uh, you don't I, seem to like this idea? I, I just, I don't see why. Um, I think it's jumping the shark. I don't think... A I girl think that went onto the same planet with the same exact Maybe dress size. Maybe it's an inhabitant of that planet. Why would they have a human person on that planet? Why not? I, I, I really don't know. <laughs> well, you can be wrong. That's okay. It's all right. We're, we all have our lives. We have our opinions. We can disagree about Star Wars. We can be wrong. It's okay. Right. Well, then I can, I can finally come out. I hate The Last Jedi. Just a joke. I <laughs> what? That's not how the Force works. That's not good, BB Nate. You don't hate The Last Jedi. I don't. It was we like my it. it was like my favorite movie until Solo came out. Ooh, that, that, that are you in? Are you then saying that Star that Solo is your number one yeah. uh, Star Wars movie? Whoa! Now? I, I said that. Like that I, ago. I really didn't I, I quite pick up that. on that. That's pretty amazing. It's a great, great movie. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to take a, a little break um, before we get into our next topic. Um, BB Nate, we're going to let you go ahead and tell for just a couple of minutes about how our amazing listeners can support us financially on Patreon. Hello, podcast listeners. This is BB Nate. Thanks for listening to Tatooine Sons of Star Wars podcast. It's so awesome to think that people enjoy what we do so much that they financially support us so we can do it. If you're not a Patreon supporter, please head on over to patreon.com slash tattooingsons and watch our welcome videos so you can learn more about how important it is for us to have your support. May the force be with you. All right, so we finally gotten a look at the first three episodes of Star Wars Resistance. <gasps> Happiness. Yay. Yeah, and there's a lot to love, a lot to look forward to. And some things to wonder about in the future. So here's our breakdown of the premiere of Star Wars Resistance. Rebellions are built on hope. If you live long enough, you see the same eyes in different people. find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> All right, so we saw it. We, so we woke up this morning and we were sitting around the table eating our biscuits and I was eating biscuits and gravy. I made home, home from scratch gravy, no, sausage gravy. They don't, they, no, I don't, I don't know. No. The biscuits in the can or the bag that we have are better. But, pretty good, know, though. They are good. But anyway, I mean, gravy, and I was sitting here, and we were all four of us sitting around, and as as per our normal situation, and don't judge us, you probably do the same thing, if you're Ooh. willing to admit it. Uh, we were all on our phones, all four of us, uh, looking at different things, and I was scrolling through Facebook, and it hit me that today was the day that Star Wars Resistance was coming out. We've been so consumed with... Trips all around the country and the world, everything else going on in our lives that we had forgotten that Star Wars Resistance was coming out. But then something even greater happened. We found out that all three of the first three episodes were actually already loaded on the Disney Now app on Roku and we can watch them now versus having to wait until 10 o'clock when it premiered on the Disney Channel, which is fine because we don't get the Disney Channel. <laughs> so we would have to watch it on Disney Now anyway. I thought it wouldn't be loaded until tomorrow, but it was loaded today. So wow. after we watched a pathetic, and I wanted to say, like, like if you are um, 
the coach of the Denver Broncos. I want to go home and rethink my life. You need to go home and rethink your life. The Broncos were terrible today. That was just like one of the most disgusting. I didn't even watch. It was horrible. I literally so watched like five So we finished days. that and then we watched the first three episodes of uh, Resistance. Yeah. So overall impression. Just the, the, you know, the first three episodes are always... It was the same way with Clone Wars when we uh-huh. watched it. It uh-huh. was the same way with Rebels. So it starts off a little slow. they got to do a lot of plot development, character development, and stuff like right. that. So don't get all freaking out because you don't have the Twilight of the Apprentice episodes happening in week one of Star Wars Resistance. Right. You know I mean? That is the end of season two before we got to that kind of stuff right. in Rebels. But overall, first impressions, BB Nate. Non-spoiler. Non-spoiler, yeah. Then we're going to go to spoilers in a minute. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's good to have a um, more... Lighthearted and kind of more of a comedy version of Star Wars. Whimsical is the word. Whimsical, yes. Um, like Rebels, we did see in the finale, wolves trying to lip, rip stormtroopers yeah, apart. Yeah, it definitely um, escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, the Mortis arc was really dark in Clone Wars, and so Clone Wars and Rebels were not the most... Um, lighthearted. Well, they were at the beginning. I mm-hmm. think that's important for us to remember. Both Clone Wars... And Rebels aged with their audience. They got more mature as their audience got more mature. Mm-hmm. So if you're 7 or 8 years old and you're watching Resistance now. And you're 12, 13, 14 years old when they finish it. You're going to have much more developed characters and storylines. And you're going to be able to handle certain things that wouldn't be able to handle when you're 7 or right. 8. But I understand where you're coming from. It is. It was lighthearted. It was funny. It was whimsical like you guys said. That's a great big word. <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. That was a lot of that, that was very similar. What did you think about that, Sam? Um, you know, I don't want to say I'm disappointed. I'm um, is leery the word? Not leery. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes. I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I, I knew that it's not going to be crazy intense on in the first three episodes. They just can't do that. Um, I just, I guess it wasn't what I was expecting, and I think I, that's just from my own misinterpretation of what they gave so us. So what did you expect? I thought that it was a resistance base, and okay. the pilots were there to protect the base, and then in the meantime they raced. That's what I thought. Um, I didn't realize that it was an oil rig, or a fuel rig, um, and they were a bunch of pilots and thing, people who co- go around and race around there too. So, uh, I think that, that just initially off the bat kind of threw me off. Um, well, when we get into the episode descriptions, where we can start talking spoilers in just a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. we can we can actually go into that a little bit more because I think that there is somewhat of what you were looking for mm. that we'll see in this. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, otherwise, it was fun. I like the characters. Uh, the animation style is definitely a uh, shock at first, not in a bad way. It's just you're not used to it, and it, uh, it's more. Well, I don't want to use the term animated, but the the. The way the characters move and the way they portray their emotions and stuff are a lot more exaggerated, I should say. It's less in the face and more in the entire body. Um, and that's a very, as I've said, anime sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little off-putting at first, but you get used to it and it's it's, it's refreshing. Okay. So. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, there were elements of it that it, I felt like the pacing... Of the of some of the episodes were a little slow. Mm-hmm. It was like it, it took it things took too long to develop in certain elements. Um, that w- happens in the Clone Wars oh, yeah. in certain episodes, and that definitely happened in 
not the first episode of Rebels. I remember the first episode of Rebels happening with was a, there was a lot of stuff happening in that yeah. one pretty quickly, and um, the um, just the, the 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 story between Ezra and 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 Kanan with the lightsaber and all that kind of stuff happening in Rebels. That didn't happen. You didn't have that kind of moment mm-hmm. in either in any of these episodes. So it, it that I maybe was. Yeah, and I and, and I can't see, well, I mean, I should probably save this for later, but I can't see where it'll go um, and go really deep because Rebels and Resistance both had characters who were Force-sensitive. And I'm not saying that this can't go there, but their main characters were Force-sensitive. So they were able to go to really deep, um, go with really deep stories in the the series. Yeah, you can and, have force driven stories, right, which in that like, one, in this one, you're going to have it's, military it's first order resistance driven stories. Right. And, and we know we're probably going to see Kylo Ren. Um, well, we saw his shuttle in the, yes, in the first. So we know trailer. that that's going to be the case. So okay, cool. So you guys want to like break down the episodes here? Sure. sure. All right. So let's go ahead and just do a flat out spoiler alert. If you have not seen Star Wars Resistance episodes one, two, and three, the recruit triple dark or fuel for the fire. Please go ahead and, and pause this, come back and listen to the rest of this episode after you've watched those episodes. Here's your spoiler alert. All right, so the first episode is um, called The Recruit. And um, I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah, go ahead. We talked about this on the episode before. We tweeted it out. Matt Martin from Lucasfilm Story Group agreed with your idea that it was a missed opportunity. Yeah. What was the opportunity? I, it, they should have called it the pilot. I agree. It just makes sense. Yeah, because it's literally the first episode. He's a pilot. The pilot. Well, it just makes sense. Just makes sense. I'm, 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 I'm disappointed with you. Matt Martin agreed with you on that. Yeah, at least someone. Yeah, I mean. Me. When is Kazuda going to be a freaking pilot? He's a mechanic. Well, we'll talk about that because that hasn't been happening. Right, it just right. starts off kind of cool. Uh, the recruit starts off. He's in a, a, a New Republic pilot. Yeah. And he's with three, two other X-Wing uh, pilots. Mm-hmm. And they're taking on... What was the name of the dude? Oh, I can't remember. Is it, is it the Monarch? No. No, no um, you're thinking that... I'm thinking of the Cardinal from... Yeah. from I don't remember. But I thought I heard him say it was He's Monarch. got a name. Um, you can probably look it up. I bet you it's on Google. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he's got a name... Um, Look it up on the Star Wars Resistance. It's not up there. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, anyway, they start chasing anyway, he's like a, he's like a, a one of the. Uh, there's a line that happens later that where where Poe is talking to Kaz, our main character mm-hmm. uh, in Resistance, saying that the only person that's ever gotten a shot uh, on his ship or ever shot a ship has been Poe until Kaz did it yeah. in this episode. So, which is one of the reasons that Poe comes in. He comes in and he saves Kaz, even though Kaz is able to like. Get a shot off. Well, also you got to remember that Kaz is trying to deliver vital information to the New Republic. Yeah, that's true. And so, that's so that, so so Kaz sends his other two co-pilots back in hyperspace to get back to the Resistance base, and he thinks he's going to take out this tie, red Tie fighter. It looks more like um, an advanced Tie. Well, it looks more like a regular Tie fighter mixed with a tie interceptor and then red then <laughs> <laughs> red yeah. and right and yeah he, it was cool it was it was a cool ship we haven't seen anything exactly like it before anyway no it was cool so the, so like he's getting ready to to he, his ship gets disabled mm-hmm. and it's like he's about ready to get destroyed and poe shows up uh in his x-wing with bba mm-hmm. and they like take out um 
they, they together, they partner together to disable the ship or to, to damage the Red Tie Fighter, eventually forcing the Red Tie Fighter to leave, which then Poe is there to pick up. Kaz. The, well, Poe was there to pick up the, the intelligence oh, that's right, that's right. that Kaz was, was the, um, delivering. And so they come and there's this, it, it's the Tantive it's Four. The yeah, yeah, Four that comes uh, through hyperspace and then they repair Kaz's ship and all this and there's the hologram moment with, with Leia, which is pretty cool. But the idea is they find out that what the information is that's being reported from mm. the Republic back to the Resistance. It's clearly by the end of this series, or the, the episodes we saw, it's pretty clear that this is going to be Starkiller stuff. Right. Uh, that's the, but we didn't get any specifics. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but then Poe then takes Kaz to the Colossus. Is that yeah, what it's Colossus. called? Which is a, a hyperfuel... Um, Mining rig. Mining rig? Yeah. Is that what it is? It's like an oil rig, sort of. It's just it's the largest largest one of its kind. Interesting. So so walk me through what's going you know, that because I mean is this is this um what's the what's the hyperfuel from Coaxium. Coax is it coaxium? I don't think it's coaxium. No, because they were talking about Corellian hyperfuel. I'm pretty sure it was still in the first episode or is it the second one? That was the third one. Yeah, oh yeah, it was the third one. They're talking about Corellian hyperfuel, which must have been coaxium. Yeah, that's not what because we're about. oh, because Corellia and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay, so, so we'll come back is, to that. This is just, I think, this is just um, a version of fuel. Use general, fuel. Okay, um, and it's on the no edges of known space. So there's that whole unknown region. Wild space. Wild they even space. use the word wild space. Think again that we've been talking. They've been using a lot lately, um, and I think that you know lots of people go there. Top pilots. Top. You know. Um, Resistance people, First Order people, ex-stormtroopers, they say ex-Empire, ex-Rebellion, uh, all sorts of people hang out there. Um, and it's, from what I'm hearing, it's a lot like the Cantina, or uh, Moss Eisley, but on an oil rig, because, you know, there's lots of gambling, all this. It's not a good place to hang out all the time. Um, I'll probably have to watch them again because I don't remember why there's racers there. I think they just is. do that for fun, like for gambling and, and stuff think, like that. And they're yeah. an actual, like, and they're just there to protect the base, technically. Yeah, and that's where that's it what comes back to what that's you what were I talking thought. about. Because there's this this scene in episode two, yeah, which dark. is triple dark, uh -huh. where these pirates, which are actually in league with the First Order, we find out. Uh -huh. These pilots are attacking the base, mm -hmm. the, 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 the tanker, and the pilots that do the racing... Are actually defending it. So mm -hmm. there's this element that you were talking about wanting, which I still think is going to find yeah, itself I just in it was this a resistance base, which would make the spy because Kaz is there. So we're we're jumping all over the place. Kaz is there to try and spy on it to see if there's anyone uh, to see who's loyal to the First Order, and then you know snuff them out. Um, so if this was a resistance base, I feel like it would have been cooler to find a spy, you know, because they're. It, I mean, it, it's a resistance base, and somehow there was a First Order spy within it. So, it, I mean, it makes more sense that there might be a resistance loyalist in um, just a general use oil tanker. So, um, but yeah, I like the whole, they're just there to protect the base, but in the meantime, they race sort of, sort of idea. I think that's cool. Something to pass the time. Um, yeah. That's cool. So, in the first episode, basically, all we get is this setup where Poe asks Kaz... To part to to stay at this tanker mm -hmm. and or this this rig 
and see if there's anyone there loyal to the First Order. Meanwhile, he connects him with a friend of his from, from Poe's past, mm-hmm. uh, Jarek Yeager. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeager, we, if you've seen the trailers, you know this. Um, Yeager is, is um, okay with helping keep Kaz, take care, take care of Kaz, but wants nothing to do with the Resistance, wants nothing to do with the Republic, mm-hmm. the New Republic, uh, or anything like that. And then you have this scenario that's plays up, which is really just designed to introduce the other racers mm-hmm. um, into the into the storyline. So you've got two major moments within this. You've got this moment where Yeager and Tam and Niku and Kaz are sort of all brought together as Kaz partners with Yeager to work on his crew, his mm-hmm. mechanics crew. And then so you get introduced those characters, and then you introduce the racer characters mm-hmm. because. Because of a circumstance that goes on, which is really not that, uh, Jaeger ha- or excuse me, Kaz has to make up some money, and he gets stuck into. Oh no, it wasn't even about the money. He was like, G- what was it? This uh, Niku. Mm-hmm. So let's describe Niku, BB Nate. Describe what you think about Niku, uh, the green, mm-hmm. the green character in this. Um, kind of like if Drax was Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy was a little bit more. Chipper, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Not angry, yeah. like a like a like a happy. Yeah. Yes. Like and, and explain what you mean by that. Like Niku met Kaz and he said, "I'm Kazuda Siono, whatever it was, and I want to be the best starfighter pilot in the galaxy." And so Niku and Niku that. just heard the last part. I'm the best starfighter fighter pilot in the galaxy mm. and he goes off starts telling everybody on the rig he's the that Kaz is the best starfighter pilot on the galaxy right. he basically has to race in order to mm. to defend that and it's some yeah uh, there's a there's a the owing the money too i think that gets brought into yeah. this this category this the niku's fun um cuz he doesn't understand any sarcasm or idioms or you know anything to that you know like they're like he's like introducing Kazuda to Nico Jarek is and he's like he'll be hanging around here for a while and Nico's like hanging on to what you know like he doesn't understand things right like that. yeah he, everything is very literal mm-hmm. everything has to be mean exactly what it is there's no such thing as idioms mm-hmm. there's no metaphors none of that matters with Nico it's straight and out he's extremely optimistic he is happy. which is amazing. good it's good to have a, that kind of a character in a Star Wars show that's true um, we need a little bit more of that in Star Wars but anyway. Um, so yeah, so then, so that's the whole first episode. It's really just setting up those relationships mm-hmm. and introducing those. Characters. And then you know, Kaz races. Um, what's her name? I can't remember her Ooh, name. Geez. I've got it in here. Keep going. Anyway, he races that chick and loses, but does surprisingly well because he's flying. He, he, a piece they're of basically junk. saying he would have won if he didn't have a crappy ship. Yeah, you know, and you, you you thought the Millennium Falcon was a piece of junk. Go take a look at this thing. Yeah, it's um, Toradoza. Do, Tor, yeah, so he races Toradoza and almost wins, but the ship fails and he crashes and almost dies. And they've been building up this whole thing like anyone who ever races Toradoza has died, pretty much. Yeah, I, I, lo- I gotta be honest with you, I did really love the race scene in the first episode. Yeah, that was it fun. reminded me a lot of the pod racing scene in, um, yeah. in episode one, which is a really cool moment. And the announcers... Announcer I think it's the same like announcer. The, guy from, the same guy, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It was a lot of fun. That yeah. was a good first episode. Introduce your characters, show the racing, have some have that moment with Oscar Isaac playing Poe. That was fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Now, the next episode was this triple dark um, episode is what it's called. But triple dark is this like major storm. Whenever the storm comes, these pirates use it as cover to mm-hmm. attack the base. Because but, it's zero visibility. Right. So, going yeah. so um, the, you know, there's this scenario where, where Kaz finds out um, that the pirates are getting ready to attack, but he doesn't find out until the last second because he doesn't put everything together because he doesn't know what triple dark means. Mm-hmm. And he uses um, some ingenuity and a comm unit to sort of save the day, but mm-hmm. doesn't tell anybody. No. Um, you know, he, he takes it, creates this feedback on the pirates, the pirates comm units which messes up their comm units and they have to leave because they can't communicate anymore. And it messes up their nav system too. Okay, so yeah, it messes up all their, their systems there and they have to leave. But I thought it was really interesting that Kaz, you know, he understands his mission first, which he can't like let out that he was spying and figuring these things mm-hmm. out and he keeps it quiet. Yeah. It was basically uh, kind of a nothing really to it episode. I was more introducing the bad guys and what they're going to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, exactly. So the first episode is introducing the mechanics crew, Yeager's crew, and uh, the ace pilots, the racing concept. The second episode is introducing these bad guy pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, though, yeah. we have a big moment. What's the big moment at the end of that episode? Captain Phasma. Yeah, in- Gwendolyn Christie comes in with Captain Phasma. Yeah. She's not very happy with the pirates. Yeah, because... We see the uh, red guy, which did you figure out his name yet? No, I haven't. All right. Um, cu- uh, talking to a hollow of the pirates and saying, well, you guys screwed up. You better fix this. Otherwise, there's going to be um, consequences. And then you see Phasma step in and, you know, I forget what she says, but she says something to that effect as well. And it's going to be pretty sucky <laughs> yeah. you know if they, if they if they don't pull through so that was cool because then we found out that the pirates are in league with the first order and then you see phasma and the red guy yeah his red the red guy's name is major von reg von reg von reg okay well that guy. dave filoni considers von reg to be their version of the red baron is what it says we'll talk mm, about these characters oh, that later. makes sense because mm-hmm. ah, right. he's literally red and yeah. he's a good pilot exactly so you've got you've got um you got Phasma, and so you're setting up the bad guys in the second episode. Mm-hmm. And then we get to Fuel for the Fire. Uh, and it was just a, a, a weird... Thing. It didn't really fit those two episodes to me. It just sort of felt like a filler episode. Yeah, it does. I mean, maybe they're introducing this third crew Yeah, uh, that's in there. Because there's this third crew that befriends that, Kaz, that tries to get Kaz... Uh, right, that, that, that's trying to use Kaz... Um, in some ways to get this Corellian hyperfuel, which I would assume is coaxium. They call it hot sauce. Hot sauce. And, they, and, and it was pretty clear when they were talking about they can't use more than a couple of drops. I mean, that goes back to Solo. Um, Straight just, that's yeah, when they got exactly. them off. The yeah. difference is on Solo, it's unrefined. In this one, I assume, I'm assuming it's refined coaxium. Yeah, otherwise it would destabilize the, exactly. you know, the whole base. So that's the only difference on that. But um, And then Kaz sort of saves the day. Um, by saving the bag, the, the the kid that befriends him, and, mm-hmm. and you'll watch the episode. If you haven't watched it, you're going to you take here? time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're listening to, to a spoiler episode, and we're not really going to go do a, a description of that one too much. I do think it's important though, because what we see happening in episode three in Fuel for the Fire is the relationship between Yeager and Kaz deepening and developing. We yeah. start to understand Yeager differently, and there's something else that happens. 
in that third episode that is really important for the long-term direction, I uh-huh. think, of what's going to go on. And that's when Kaz and this... Um, I forget it. Rucklin? Yeah, Rucklin, that's it. Uh, Rucklin or whatever. They go into Yeager's um, private quarters. It's like an office. Yeah. And we see a photo from the Battle of Jakku. And it's of Yeager in mm-hmm. an X-Wing pilot's... With his with his friends, yeah. With his friends. Uh, so we've got that going on. And then we see another photo of him and his family. Mm-hmm. Yeager doesn't have any family uh, on the Colossus that mm-hmm. we know of. So something's happened to his family. He's no longer with the Rebellion. Or, excuse wants, me, with the Republic. He wants nothing to he do want, with any of it. I wonder if he's not part of Alphabet Squadron. Ooh. And we're gonna get more comp- we're gonna get more ideas going from that. Huh. That would be a cool little that would tie be. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I for the people that. that and they give little nods to the book throughout the series for the people that have read it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we but but you probably are gonna get allusions to it in this season and then more like detailed backstory yeah. in the actual novel. Also we find out that Yeager was a racer and he has a apparently a really nice ship. But it's, it's not, but no one's seeing it. it. No one knows where yeah. it's at and that kind of thing. And he's so. using the fireball for whatever reason. That's pretty cool. All right, so let's talk about favorite characters on that. All right, so we have characters like uh, Kaz, um, who's our main our main character. What do you guys think about Kaz? I um, think he's um, immature, just like Ezra and Ahsoka were at the beginning. They're, you're, not, you're not supposed to really like them a whole lot at the beginning. Um, you know, because they've all got their faults and their quirks, and you know they, they'll eventually mature. And... Although I would think that Cass is older than than Ahsoka or Ezra would have been. At the yeah, beginning. slightly. He's an yeah. X-wing pilot for the New Republic. So. I, yeah, I and I do think that he. What's different is he's automatically trying to do as much good as he can to fix things, and uh, he, unlike, and yes, he may be immature and stuff. But he he does that to try to do everything that he can to help. Mm. Um, it's much different than anything else. Well, Ahsoka was sort of like that. She she tried to help. She was uh, you know initially like that. Ezra, I mean, the first thing we see of him is he's stealing to stuff, you know, and trying to survive off of that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they, he's automatically on the right side of things, I guess. So okay. what about Tam, uh, Revora? Tam is the, like the, the right hand, um, yeah. Uh, assistant to, uh, Yeager. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she doesn't really like having, um, Kaz on the team. She doesn't think that he's that great of a mechanic. She's constantly mm-hmm. at, you know, calling him out, trying mm-hmm. to figure out who he is. I think she's the one that, that the, she's, it reminds me, to go back to Rebels, it reminds me of Zeb and um, Ezra. Ezra. That yeah. Sort of that clash that they had in the first couple of seasons. There wasn't a strong relationship with each other. They didn't really like each other. I kind of got that feel. Yeah, yeah um, I get the same vibe from that. Did you like Tam's character or do you just need to see more? I, 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 I think I need to see more. A little bit. I mean, from what we saw, she's fine. I like her. She's kind of... Sassy got a bit of an attitude to her and doesn't mind speaking up to Jaeger or saying, speaking her mind. So I like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we all already talked a little bit about Niku. Obviously. Um, love him. But you, you love him. You yeah. think yes. he's, he's awesome. All right. yeah, he's funny. 
Just as a, it's a fun character to have in there. To he's just, unique, definitely unique. Okay. We don't have anything like him. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Do we have anything like? Is it, he's almost got a. Uh, there's almost a C3PO element to little, it yeah. as well. A little, um, but less, you know, anxiety. <laughs> right, but it's sort of that kind of. Yeah, character. I get the same. I, I, yeah, and then you have, and then we have Yeager. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Yeager? What do you think his his story is? Or yeah, I mean, he's pretty. He reminds me a lot of how Kanan reacted to. He was a lot Ezra like in the first season. Didn't really. Uh, Rebels, I mean, yeah. kind he of felt like, like I yeah. see potential in the kid, but I don't know how to deal with it. Like. What do I do with him? He's an old timer who's seen some stuff, lost some friends, um, reluctant, mysterious. Fends yeah. for himself. And is a mentor. No, I can see that. Although once one thing's different I noticed from, from Kaz, he's got uh, a parental figure, or one that's at least somewhat prominent, more prominent than obviously Ezra's or Ahsoka. Yeah, that we haven't talked about that at all. Kaz has got a father, and he and the father is a senator in the Republic, mm-hmm. the New Republic. And when we watch the uh, Hollow, it's mm-hmm. obscured. It's like because they had a scrambled signal. It was a scrambled signal, and we don't really know. There's something to that character. Yeah, they're, they're they setting that up much. for the future. The, and and it's sort of this like Kaz is trying to live up to his dad's uh, approval at the same time he's trying to make. Um, his own path and go down his own path. I mean, I can totally understand as a dad what that moment feels like looking at your kids and wanting them to go down a certain direction but also struggling because you need, you know that they're going to have to make their own lives. And I'm sure you guys, especially you, Sam, being a senior in high school, sort of feel some of that. Like, you've got to make your own choices in your mm-hmm. own life but then you're also trying to live up to what your parents' expectations right. of you are. So there's our dad moment, I guess. Of, of the day but I think it'll be interesting to see how that character plays out what about like any of the pilots you know we didn't talk a lot about the pilots we didn't see a lot of them um, no, we they didn't. were only really in that couple we of... only saw hype phase on no for a um, tiny tiny bit so we've got hype uh, phase on we've got Toradoza yeah. um, we've got Freya Fenris uh, who was one of the A squadron pilots yeah we saw her that was sort of leading that then you have Steven Santon's character which we absolutely love Griff uh, well, we love Stephen Stanton. We didn't really get to see Griff that much. Mm-hmm. Griff Halloran. Not a lot of storyline with those guys. I mean, it was like they showed up from Tora, right? And, the, and then it. they showed up for the race, and then they showed up to battle the pirates mm-hmm. in the second episode, and that's it. Yeah. And then we have again, we have this unknown actor that's playing Bo Kevel, um, uh, and we haven't Yellow Ace, and we know nothing mm. uh, still about them. So, uh, anything standing out from that? Mm. No, not for me. Really. Oh, and and uh, bucket, but but bucket we buckets playing bucket. So we've got Bucket's that. Cool, you were asking earlier about um, the announcer. Mm-hmm. Jack Sivrak is the name of the the announcer on the Colossus, and the um, he's the same guy that voiced the mm-hmm. uh, pod I race. Figured. Announcer. So is it the same person? No, because I, don't I only think so. heard one voice. Jackson Rick is the race announcer for Colossus. A neat callback to episode one, The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Jack is voiced by none other than Greg Proops from um, uh, whose line is it anyway? You remember him? He's the guy with the glasses really? and the curly hair. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh him. gosh, that that doesn't surprise yeah. me at all now. Uh, the comedian responsible for the basic speaking head of the film's pod racing announcer, Foden Speed Anadu. So it's a different character. Mm-hmm. 
That's funny. Um, yeah. With it, but yeah. Uh, then you have okra, which okra, was, uh, okra, something okay. like that. We don't know okra. what okra looks like. <laughs> I like ant. Uh, uh, Jim Rash's flicks. Elijah Wood as Jace Rucklin. Elijah Ruckland. Wood's going to be that, that was um, that's Frodo. a Frodo Baggins. We saw Rucklin though, didn't we? Oh, so that was that was yeah Elijah Ruckland. Wood. That's uh, that's the, the character from the third episode. Uh-huh. Really? You're trying to get the hot sauce. That's that wants the hot sauce. Frodo wants him some hot sauce. <laughs> yes, I love Auntie. And then, of course, we get to our bad guys. No, wait. What was it? Aunt, Aunt and our Z. good guys. Aunt Z. I like Aunt Z. Aunt Z. Aunt Z yeah, she was. She was fun, too. isn't yeah. she? She looks like the same species as um. um what's his name? Why is his, his name escaping me? Uh, the guy who only gave Uncar her Plot. one quarter portion. Uncar Plot. Yeah, yeah. That, I Uncar. think it's the same race. Yeah, I think it is. So then we've got our good guys: the Oscar Isaac playing Poe. We've mm-hmm. got General Leia Organa. We got BB-8, which was cool. And then we've got our Lex Lang as a major bone wreck. The only scene in the opening minutes of the Star Wars Resistance premiere, and again briefly in the final minutes, Major Elric Vonreg is poised to be the main antagonist in the series. Yeah. Makes a, sense. A He's pilot a in the First man. Order, Vonreg flies a modified TIE fighter and wears a custom TIE pilot uniform, both in a very distinct crimson shade. Dave Filoni considers Vonreg to be their version of the Bar- Red Baron. Which makes Red sense. Baron. you got to have an ace pilot antagonist for the ace pilot. He actually played Poe Dameron. In Lego Star Wars, The Resistance Rises. Huh. Interestingly, the voice. Then we have Gwendolyn Christie. We know that mm-hmm. as Captain Phasma. And this from Screen Rant has Adam Driver playing Kylo Ren. Ooh. Whenever they go down that path. So, so where do we go from here? We're three episodes in. Right. Um, we've set up the characters. We've developed a little bit of the plot line. We've Wait, understood in the third episode. You didn't even ask us who our favorite character was. Oh, well, who's your favorite character? I'm sorry. My you can't just set up all the characters and then be like moving on. Favorite character, go BB Nate. I'll let you go first because you're the Niku. youngest. You like Niku the best, huh? Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm tied between Nico, Aunt Z, or Bucket. Really? Okay. I like Bucket. It's I have fun. a feeling I'm going to really start to develop an uh, affinity for Yeager. Yeah, I knew you would. Um, I think Yeager's storyline is going to be the most interesting going too. forward. Well, he's got a nice looking beard too. But anyway, yeah, Yeager I think is the one that I'm going to I'm going to be uh, excited about going forward. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. So now you may now BB Nate. Where do you think this goes from here? They didn't like set up mainly the story. They just like gave us. Who the characters any. were, and so I really have no idea where they're going to go from this point forward. Yeah, they gave us a couple setup episodes and then a filler episode. Yeah, introduce the good guys, introduce the bad guys, and then in episode three, fuel for the fire, they're introducing. There's Morty Yeager. Yeah, then we then know. We, then so we, you, now they're starting the individual character development. Now we're going to start seeing more. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So, um, I. I, I don't know where it's going to go from here, specifically story-wise. Um, there's just not a whole lot to go off of. They didn't really set up a whole lot of continuing storyline specifics. Um, obviously, Kaz is going to have to continue spying. We're going to get more information on each of the characters. Um, you know, I mean, that's just a given. Um, specifics, I don't know. I'm hoping to see Team Fireball get a better ship, or at least get this ship running, because they're still... Working on it, it flew that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see the, the especially Kaz mature more, which I'm sure we will. Um, Let's get some more bad guys. Yeah, more bad guys. More we got bad like guys. twelve seconds of the bad guys, and then the pirates, which were meh. pirates are the bad guys. They're the first orders. Yeah, but I want to see more first order bad guys. It'll be interesting to see how. I want to see this red baron. Yeah, that'll be fun. Bone rank is bone rank. Bone rank. 
Von Rager. Von Rager is? Yeah, Von Rager. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Um, good conversation <laughs> about that. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else? Well, um, you know, it's not not that big, but um, you know, we got our first look at the Mandalorian. Oh my god! And uh, let's just say that it's not my new wallpaper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was I'm freaking out. You know, when when I heard it was going to be the Mandalorian, I was like, well, great. You know, more Mandalorian. I don't mind that. Uh, but when I saw what he's going to look like, I'm like, oh, okay. We're going to like the uh, Lone Ranger, Western, sort of gunslinging vibe. I get th- I get that sort of vibe, which... Um, and and yeah. uh, John Favreau's description of the series sort of mm-hmm. had that feel to it as mm-hmm. well. So Yeah, I'm excited. That'll be cool. Do you think it's Boba Fett? Or at least it's his helmet? Mm, no, it's definitely it, not his helmet. Yeah, I don't know. Not it's a, got that dent. And, uh, that's it's just got a, the dent. But the cheeks are wrong. There's There's so many things missing... Or added that just don't make sense. So I don't think, and his helmet is way newer than his armor. You look at his armor and he polished it's, it. No, his armor is like why wouldn't he polish his armor while he's at it and give it a paint job to match his helmet and buff out the blaster? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right BB Nate, what do you got? Um, Dominic, mm, I, I don't Monahan. know how to say that last name. Monahan. 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 Yep. The G. The G is silent. <laughs> okay. Monahan says that he's read all of the episode nine script and he thinks it's amazing. Well, of course he's going to say that he's in the movie. Yeah, but yeah so I, did um, Brian Herring. And, yeah, I remember that, like that. We had a Star Wars celebration, uh, talking to BB Nate and Brian Herring, the puppeteer for BB Eight, and, and, and Turbis the Porg. We and remember that later. weird droid is at the beginning of Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> said to BB BB Eight that the uh, script is amazing. The storyline for the last and Jedi we was really amazing. like the last Jedi. And we were he was right. So Dominic Monaghan has said... I want to like see Brian Herring when I get there. And I'm like, you were right. I did like the last yeah, Thanks, man. <laughs> I did like it. All right. Last thing. Uh, there's a new Star Wars Episode Nine theory that says that Snoke and Kylo Ren are the same person. Basically, the theory states that Ben Solo struggles with fully realizing his dark side potential. So he projects it into Snoke being this Snoke thing. So it's sort of like a... It's sort a of like Luke. Almost. It's, yeah, sort of like that. And then when he kills Snoke, he's like fully embracing the dark um, in that moment. And that's why we'd have no background on him. Right. Because there is no background. There's no need to. Right. But what about the whole, in when he's, you know, training under Luke, Snoke's pulling him. Do you think he... Maybe Snoke is like a schizophrenic. Like a multiple like personality. Like Golem and Smeagol in, uh, in the Lord of the Rings. I don't know. It, I think that'd be a little outlandish for Star Wars. I mean, it makes sense and it's a cool idea, but I think I don't think they'd be go tough. There. It's just really weird. The fanboys may not like that. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that. Right. It's a little out. Well, you wanted backstory on Snoke. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there is no backstory. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's it so, uh, for this week's. Let's talk about next week's podcast poll of the week. Uh, who's your? We'll, we'll let, ask you guys. Who's your favorite Star Wars Resistance character? Kaz Ziono, Tam Rivora. Niku Vozu, Vozo, Vozo, or Jarek Yeager. Go ahead and, and make sure you get your vote in for Jarek Yeager. I mean, uh, for any of the other characters that you like on that. Also, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. Your comments, 
your ratings, your reviews are our oxygen your in the immortal words. We're not talking about that anymore. Um, yeah, uh, your your support is actually uh, really important to us, but it, most importantly, just your support yeah. in sharing this podcast, getting the word out there about family friendly podcasts. We are excited to be back. Mm-hmm. It's been awesome to sit here for the last hour or so, talk Star Wars with my boys in person, and uh, share that. Let you guys be a part of that. Please share this. Um, I guess that's it. Anything else you guys want to say? May the force be with you. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. This party's over. I like that Wookiee. Don't get technical with me. Join, please.